0: I can promise you podcast listeners that this is the most stewtastic episode of the stew pod that you're ever gonna hear.
1: I'm not sure what that means.
0: How do you not know?
1: I, I don't I'm not I don't know. I am not sure how to answer that. What's this happening? What's Stew-Pod, happening right now?
0: The Yahoo Sports Baseball Podcast. I am Mike Oz. And I'm Chris Swick. And who do we have as our guest this week, Chris?
1: Oh man. Yeah, you're right. Dropped, I blew it.
0: You dropped the ball. I did. It's Dave, Dave Stewart. Stewart Stu. Stew on the stew pod.
1: It's all coming together now.
0: It is. It is a wonderful thing. Very, very excited about this. Not only because I'm a, I'm a um, kid who grew up in that era when he played for the A's, going to those A's games, and one of my, one of my favorite players. But also because I think it's a rather timely uh, conversation with the winter meetings coming up with him as uh, not only a baseball executive, but he's been a player, he's been an agent. I think he can talk about a lot of different things. And uh, I think that's good. And we're going to talk about the winter meetings. We're going to talk about some of the biggest topics in baseball this week because it's been uh, it's been a fun week. And Chris, I, I uh, we didn't do a podcast last week, so I guess we, I, we have a
1: lot to catch up on.
0: Yeah, man. Are you doing well?
1: So far, so good. Can't complain. Do
0: you like all your turkey and stuff? You know it. Did you buy any Black Friday items?
1: No, and no. I didn't even really hit up Cyber Monday either. Oh. Ah. I don't know if you did. Did you?
0: Uh, my wife did some of the Cyber Mundane. We got some Christmas presents and all that kind of stuff, so that, that's going good. You know, there's a lot of money to buy things on the internet right now.
1: Is David it David Price. Price?
0: David Price can buy pretty much anything on the internet he wants. He can just get that Amazon app and just be like, click every single thing. Yep, take that, take that, take that, take that. <laughs> the Amazon app is dangerous, man, but I guess not if you're making $217 million, right? No correct well I think uh, so, that. go ahead I was going to say so David Price yeah we'll talk about that uh, we'll talk about Zach Greinke uh, we'll talk about some uniforms and uh, we'll ask some important questions Bad News Ramen is going to join us and of course Dave Stewart is here so I think I think we're going to have some fun on the stew pod this week let's do it alright here is our interview with Dave Stewart of the Arizona Diamondbacks hi Welcome back to The Stew Pod. Mike Oz and Chris Swick on the Yahoo Sports Baseball Podcast, joined by, I have to admit here, one of my favorite players when I was a kid, Dave Stewart, the uh, GM of the Arizona Diamondbacks. And uh, Dave, I grew up taking the BART down to Oakland to watch the A's, so it's a pleasure to have you on the show. It's good to be on. Thanks for having me. I promise not to ask too many A's questions, if none at all probably, but uh, I know this is a, a busy week uh, in baseball. I know winter meetings are coming up, and we kind of wanted to tap into some of your expertise, uh, what I think is a pretty unique viewpoint you have in, in being a GM, having been an agent before, a player, a coach. I think you kind of see this thing from all angles, so um, I guess first of all, like, how is this week going? We know that the winter meetings is you know, usually the, the supposedly the busy week, but it seems like this week has also been pretty busy.
2: You know, um, <clears throat> this week has been, uh, I would say,
3: <laughs> as busy as,
2: as all of the weeks leading up to this. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's been an ongoing process um, that actually, it, it really gets started at the, at the general managers' meetings and just kind of snowballs into the winter meetings. But the week has been busy. There's been a lot of uh, phone action, a lot of conversation um a lot of uh conversation about different players and, and um different movements and pieces with uh with the ball club.
1: Uh you know Dave something that, that we've heard rumors wise is that the Diamondbacks have an interest in pitching. They're willing to spend a lot of money. Um you know that's that's at least what we know. You obviously know more than than we do. Um there have been some recent kind of pitching signings lately and I'm I guess I'm wondering um, you know, from your approach, when when you're looking at certain guys on the market, do those signings do they help set the market, or do they have any impact on what you guys are trying to accomplish?
2: Um, well, the market definitely gets gets set by you know the top end signings and the lower end signings, which are uh, Jay Happ um, was on the lower end, and so far today um David Price is the, is the high end of the of the signings and it does affect it it affects the whole market um you can probably look at relievers in Oday uh, once he signs that'll set the market for um you know the setup or closer type relievers. so i mean each each category um the top guy in that category the top guys in those categories um they they set and start the market um for
0: for signings so when when something like David Price happens and you know that that deal breaks, um, how does how does that immediately affect you guys in the sense of does it does it change you know like what you view certain players and their value? Does it you know immediately go to the go to the drawing board and and you know adjust what you think somebody is worth? Like does that how it plays out?
2: Well, I mean for us, and I think for for a lot of baseball teams, we're we're going to be budgeted for what we can spend. Um, And, you know, I I guess the rumor is out there, as you mentioned, that we're going to spend a lot of money on pitching. Quite frankly, um, we're not a a lot of money organization. Um, You know, the Johnny Cueto offer was an offer that is at the top of what we could possibly spend. We can't go any higher than that. And we decided that we would step out on Johnny Cueto because we felt uh, that important about, him and the importance of what he would do for our organization um to help us to get to where we wanted to go but you know uh, we're we're not an organization that's going to be able to to spend um, for example what boston did on a david price um we, we we're not that organization um we have to be creative in in how we approach the market um, we have to be careful of the dollars that we spend because we don't have deep pockets and once that money is spent if it doesn't come back to us it 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 puts us at a disadvantage moving forward through the course of the year
1: uh so Dave we wanted to talk about the winter meetings quite a bit and i guess a a good way to kind of get into that would be to ask you how much things have kind of changed there over the last couple of years because it seems like you know 10 years ago or so a lot of it was based on maybe face-to-face confrontation and talking and meeting people. And now, obviously, with cell phones and all the other technologies, you don't necessarily need to do that. So is it, has it, I mean, I guess how much has it changed in the last 10 or 15 years? Well,
2: obviously, the the technology and text messaging does (coughs) create some differences, but during the meetings, there are a lot of sit-down and face-to-faces with clubs. Um, and and, and, and the, the truth is, more, more things are accomplished and more deals are done, I think, in the face-to-face um, relationships versus uh, text messaging or, or how or emails, however you choose to communicate. I, I believe more does happen. In your sit downs and your face to face, and those things do happen at the meetings. There are a lot of face to face meetings, a lot of sit downs with the different groups from different organizations, um, and um, um, but like I said, you know, we are in modern times, so the technology does play in, play a part of it as well. I, gu- I guess you can call it a, a a
0: nice blend. The thing that I remember most about the winter meetings is not sleeping. Um, I imagine it's somewhat the same for you guys. Can you run me through, you know, you as a GM, what's your typical day like at at the winter meetings?
2: Well, at the winter meetings last year, I never left the room. Um, you know, you 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 get your your crew together usually at nine o'clock in the morning. Um, you have a meeting in in the, um, the in the team suite. Um, you talk about uh, conversations and scuttlebutt that's going on downstairs in the lobbies. The things that you're hearing, um, you, you know, you have your group of guys there that are, are gathering information and and bringing information that we, as a group, we talk about um, in regards to player transactions and player relations. Um, and then you have your meetings during the course of the day with the different ball clubs. Sometimes there, you know, two, three, four, five meetings uh, throughout the course of the day. Um, then at the end of the day, you have your group. Uh, once again, you get together and you talk about all the things that have happened to that point um, to finish out the day, and um, and you and that's the way it normally goes. Um, the days run long. Um, you start early, you finish late.
1: And so, I guess one of the interesting things is obviously you were a player. How much as a player are are you involved with the winter meetings? Are you are you really involved at all, or is that just kind of something your agent handles? How does that work?
2: Um, last year's winter meetings, for that matter, any of the winter meetings that I've seen uh, that I've been a part of, uh, I don't recognize very many players um, showing up at the winter meeting, and if they do, it may be for a day, <clears throat> um, just to have a visual um, with with the ball club. Uh, but usually, those things are handled by uh, the player representation
0: the agent. So when you were a player. Did, did you ever have any interactions there or, or did you, you know, you, you have somebody calling you to let you know what's going on or did you ever even have any, any business at the winter meetings?
2: No, I, I had the minimal, um, minimal um, interaction in, in the winter meetings.
0: So then when you became an agent, um, how, did, how did you sort of get acclimated to that whole environment?
2: It's I mean a lot of the guys and a lot of the general managers and, and the people that are at the winter meetings, the people that you've mixed and mingled with at some point in time, and so quite frankly it's 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 like you're really interacting with people that you know in France
1: and so i I guess the other question I had was if <laughs> as an agent, I guess what's the process for trying to, to sell your players to a team? I mean, are you in constant contact with certain general managers or are you talking to other people in different organizations? I mean, how, do, how does that work um, as an agent?
2: As to to say sell your player to a team, that really it doesn't happen. I mean, if, if a player is of interest to a team, then it really comes down to length of contract in the terms of the deal. Um, and that, that's really what it comes down to. There's, there's, I don't think that there's an organization that's ever gone into a conversation with an agent um, that was convinced that the player was what exactly he needed. Um, the planning and, and how to fill spots in your organization, um, those things are talked about time and time again. There's always a pecking order of who fits for your organization there's a first choice a second choice and a third choice and those are the players that you talk to so when when you get to the meetings as an agent um there's been communication with the ball club about your player
0: i want to know how how you know you talked about your staff and how uh you know you guys gather in the mornings uh you know each day at the winter meetings and you're talking about what's going on what what the chatter is that day how do you keep track of what's going on, you know, around the league? Is it, is it like everybody else does? I mean, is it following the news and various reporters and, you know, Twitter and MLB network? I mean, do you follow it like a fan would? (laughs) I mean, we hear it directly. Um, that's what I'm saying. I mean, I'll be going to the winter
2: meetings and um, my group will be about seven people and those seven people will be in the, in the lobbies and in the hallways, um, in communication with with the other 29 teams. And so we will hear directly what's going on. Um, We'll get the information directly about what's going on. Um, So there is no mistaking the information that you get. It's uh, it's face-to-face communication with the group of people that we have, you know, in conversation with the group of people that the other ball clubs bring.
1: So around the time of the winter meetings and, and leading up to it, I know we see a ton of rumors just get spread around. And I guess I'm, I'm curious as to how much misinformation gets spread around at this point of the season and during the winter meetings, whether, you know, no matter what side it's coming from, I mean, how much of the stuff that we're reading is just something maybe we shouldn't believe.
2: I mean, some of it's going to be true, and and some of it's going to be speculation, and some of it's just going to be flat, not true. Um, You know, what I found out since doing this job is that um, media, they're always trying to get in front of the story. And when you're trying to get in front of the story, like I said, sometimes your sources are good for your information, and and you're right on. Um, And then there's going to be speculation, and because you want to be in front of the story, you put something out there that may happen, and you may get lucky and it does happen and then you want to get in front of the story and sometimes the information is just not good. So, I mean, it can go either way depending on how good your sources are.
0: <laughs> so, since we have you here, Dave, and you're directly talking to us as a source, uh, have you signed Zach Granke yet? No? Yes?
2: <laughs> no, we okay. haven't gotten
0: that. <laughs> hey, just crossing somebody off the list, man. You know, we got to <laughs> <laughs> move on to the next one. Do you, do you have any preference? I mean, it, it sounds like either way you might, you might be seeing a lot of them. Do, do, do you, uh, how, how do you assess it? San Francisco, l a does it matter?
2: um for for us, because we're not in it, it doesn't matter. Um, we've got to build our team as best we can to compete in our division, and hopefully you know we put together enough that we can be consistent both pitching defensively and hit that we will have a chance to win our division or uh, at least get into the playoffs.
0: You you sort of talked about this up front, and uh, we, we joked about it. How um, you know the winter meetings is is tiring, and but it but it doesn't stop here. I mean, this this goes you know all the way through the season starts. Um, is, is this time of year like? How, how do you personally, as a human being, prep for it? I mean, do you do anything different? Do you I don't know, make sure you eat something every day, or or do you sleep different? Do you do anything different to prepare yourself as a just a general human for for this time of year? No.
2: We come with the information that we've gathered uh, throughout the year, and once you once you get that information and you have that information and, and you know everything is is gathered, you know obviously you bring that information to the meetings with you. Um, then past that, it's just you know the days run long, and you have to be prepared that the days are going to run long. You have to know when to take take a break. You take a break from it just to refresh and and regroup, and uh, that's what you do.
0: Okay. I guess I was curious, like, if you're drinking kale smoothies every day. And if you're drinking (laughs) kale smoothies, then then we'll make sure to drink kale smoothies too.
2: (laughs) No, 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 no. no. Just (laughs) a normal day.
0: All right, Dave. Hey, well, thanks for joining us. We really appreciate your time. I know, like I said, it's a really busy time of year. So uh, we appreciate you spending a little bit of it with us, and uh, good luck. Hopefully we'll see you out there in Nashville next week, and uh, we appreciate it.
2: Thanks,
3: man. Thanks for having me
0: on. You heard me. Hey, we are back on the pod Thanks to Dave Stewart of the Arizona guys actually joining us to talk about uh, the Winter Meetings and various other things. As far as we know, they have not yet signed Zach Reinke. So I, I don't know if that's changed by the time you're listening to this. But um, I kind of don't think they're going to
1: probably not. Dave Stewart made it sound like that was not going to happen.
0: Dude, it could all be it could all be smoke and mirrors, man.
1: Elaborate smoke screen.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know it wasn't his nickname Smoke I think it was. So there you go. Conspiracy theories on the stew pot. There it is. So let's let's talk about another pitcher. David Price uh, as we talked about at the start of the show got a lot of money, like like a ton of money, like super duper dumb ridiculous money. 7 years, 217 million from the Boston Red Sox. Um, I guess the immediate question is, and and you wrote wrote a little bit about this, so I'm going to toss it out at you. Do you feel like this turns the Red Sox, a team that have been in the last place the last two years, but won a World Series just a few years ago. Do you think this gets them back on that path? Do you think they're a contender next season?
1: I kind of do. I mean, this and the Kimbrel trade were both major moves, and I think everybody kind of expected this team to be Well, I mean, everyone expected the team to be better last year. So the general sense is that they underachieved, and I feel like a certain amount of the guys who were awful are probably due for a rebound this year. So I'm talking about guys like Rick Porcello, Hanley Ramirez, Pablo Sandoval. I just don't think those guys are going to be as bad as they were. So if you look at some improvement from those guys, some improvement from Blake Swihart, who is one of the best prospects in baseball coming into the year, and you add Craig Kimble- Kimbrell and David Price to that equation. I think there's an argument there that this team is probably already at least a fringe contender.
0: I feel like I made that argument last year. I feel like I feel like if we did a podcast <laughs> after they signed, you know, all these various people they signed, like, oh yeah, you know, I can see them. I can see with Hanley and Pablo and you know all these all these pitchers. So one of them is going to step up. It's going to happen. Yeah, you know. Wade Miley, he's you know he's gonna be good. Joe nice. Kelly, he's gonna win Cy Young. Nah, man, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not so falling, not. I'm not falling yeah. for that okey doke again. Um, I mean, I guess you could say that you know, if anything, they have an easier path in the sense that that division um, isn't isn't particularly stout as it stands right now. So, I mean, I guess if we're talking about them contending for the AL East, that's probably a better. A thing than, you know, if we're talking about them winning a World Series or winning the American League. So, I mean, I guess they could challenge for the AL. They could be, I mean, the AL East, they could be a contender there. But I have a hard time looking at that team as it is and thinking they're going to win a World Series. I think there's just too many question marks. And, um, you know, what I think what have we seen in the last few years? And it's teams that have built a strong core, teams that don't have a lot of question marks, teams that just kind of have their stuff in line. Teams that aren't depending on, you know, we can move Hanley Ramirez to first base. We can count on Wade Miley and Clay Buckholz is going to be fine. Like, no, those are not those are not the the things that 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 champions deal with. Chris, we're talking about championships, man.
1: I mean, they they do have a fair amount of questions, but that the American League was so I don't know. It seemed pretty weak last year. You know, the yep. Twins were in contention until the last day. The Astros kind of limped their way into the playoffs. Who else? I mean, the Indians didn't get eliminated until like the last week of the season and they were awful all, all year. So, I don't I feel like it doesn't take much at this point to contend in the American League.
0: Yeah, but I feel like we could say the same thing about like the Mariners, you know. Couldn't we? What
1: do you what do you mean?
0: I mean, we we could throw together the same argument that says, oh, the Mariners did this, the Mariners did that, they can contend now." Like, I don't know. I'm just not buying it, man. I need to see a couple more moves out of the Red Sox. All and for right. anybody who didn't, who hasn't read it yet, Chris wrote a nice piece about the things, uh, the things the Red Sox can do to improve themselves. I agree with all of them except for number five, which was do nothing because they're already good. An argument that he is obviously <laughs> holding up today, even though he's poorly, poorly wrong, poorly hey, mistaken.
1: I just don't think you don't need to do anything dramatic. Probably
0: here's my here's my question, because we've seen it before, and we've seen it with that fan base. How long before people in Boston freak out and they're totally regretting this thing and they're talking about it being a waste of money and they're just totally like losing their mind? I'm gonna give it four starts. I, I, think, <laughs> I think it may not even, I think they may not even make it to opening day. I think yeah. it's gonna be like a Pablo Sandoval thing where they're just oh, looking for a it reason. It could to be freak spring out. training, yeah. Yeah, like like they could you know, David Price could come out and his dog could poop on the grass and all of a sudden it's, ah, disaster, and I don't know. Or he could he could give up a couple home runs in the spring training game and they're all just going to freak out. That To me, that's what I'm most interested in. I'm most interested in waiting to see when the Red Sox people are just going to lose their minds and, and just get a huge case of buyer's remorse. They're riding high right now, but the buyer's remorse is coming.
1: Well, okay, so – for me, looking at the deal, it's the biggest one ever given to a pitcher. Were you at all shocked by that? I mean, did that did, did you have sticker shock at all, or was this pretty much what you had expected?
0: No, I mean, it seems it seems in line with what was going to happen. You know, I mean, if they would have given him like three hundred million, I'd have been surprised. But um, it seems about right. I mean, it seems you know, with that team, um, they, they obviously they can afford it. I mean, whether whether they wanted to initially do something like that, it sounds like they didn't, but. You know, we're not talking about the Astros giving somebody that much money. Boston Red Sox, man, they got they got money to spend. It's cool. So I wasn't really surprised, especially, you know, once we kind of saw some of the money that's getting thrown around and, um, you know, David Price and, and his pedigree and his success, obviously. So I was uh, – when I saw it, I'm like, yeah, sounds, sounds about right.
1: Yeah, I agree. I mean, ped- pedigree-wise, like, that, this is the type of guy you give the largest pitching contract ever to because – he's been consistently great he's never been hurt and he's 30 so you still have i don't know four seasons before you kind of expect to see some type of decline
0: yeah
1: um and even then i mean guys are you know more effective later in their careers now so who knows but yeah i i don't know i guess i just i expected there to be more uh oh my god that's so much money takes but really I, I don't feel like there were i mean people kind of anticipated this and
0: yeah i, I think
1: really the only other pitcher on the market it impacts is grinky because he was the only one who's going to get anything close to this before the contract and now that the contract's done
0: that's what he'll him. be looking for lots of money in baseball yeah so grinky I, th- I thought we can we could talk about that and if you're if you are listening to this podcast and grinky's already signed then just just enjoy just enjoy our musings and- <laughs> think about how wrong we were because it sounds like he could sign you know pretty much any time. so uh if you listen to this on like saturday and he signed on friday like it's cool man just enjoy um uh, what is your ideal scenario for for cranky and i'm not talking like years and and money and and whatnot but um more from like a story standpoint or from like a location or just from like a chaos standpoint so when i say ideal I, i guess i mean that very loosely but how would you like to see this thing play out?
1: Well, I mean, I I typically prefer chaos, so chaos I'd love, love to see uh, the infamous mystery team get involved. I mean, at this point, it it certainly seems like it's pretty much narrowed down to the Dodgers and the Giants. That's kind Diamondbacks, of Diamondbacks, like, man,
0: Diamondbacks.
1: I don't think so, okay. but that's what everyone seems to be reporting, and I I don't know. I get the sense that he'll just return to the Dodgers because. He's been good there, and he's familiar with them, and they embrace the stats, and he seems to care about that. It'd be a better story, I think, if he went to the Giants, because then you'd have the whole Dodger fan base turning on him.
0: Yeah. yeah. But I
1: don't think that's going to happen. I think the, the most boring thing is going to happen, that it's gonna, he's going to re-sign with the Dodgers.
0: I, I agree That's probably what's going to happen. I think, I think the chaos of the Giants would be fun, but I have an even better idea.
1: Do you have a mystery team?
0: I mean, I don't know that they're... Actually, you know what? I think it would be great if he went back to the Brewers. I think that would be funny.
1: Well, yeah. You're just like, yeah.
0: Awesome. Eh, I want to go back to the Brewers. I'm going to go there for like $10 million a year. Just because just cause it was fun. And I like I like dogs. I like Hank. Like, that maybe would be great. Back, maybe he'll that.
1: go back to the Royals.
0: Yeah, like, let's go back. Let's go hang with those guys. They seem fun. But my, my actual real ideal scenario is this. Zag Granke signs with the New York Yankees for $300 million. What? And so they, they have the press conference and then George Steinbrenner comes out like like when, when the big show came out from underneath the wrestling ring whenever he was out. George Steinbrenner, George, is like George Steinbrenner. Yeah, out? yeah, he's like, I'm not dead. I've been here the oh, whole time. Like it would just be it would be wonderful. And Zach Granke does like a heel turn and they're like the evil empire is back. He comes out with the NWO shirt yeah. on. Yeah, yeah, that's what I want to see happen. That'd be great.
1: All right, fair enough. Yeah. I think I can get on board with that. That would be good.
0: And then, and then A-Rod comes out and punches a fan. are <laughs> still, still waiting for A-Rod to punch a fan, man.
1: Yeah, that's your thing, man.
0: Yeah, It's going to happen one <laughs> day.
1: <laughs> I don't think it will.
0: I guess I probably shouldn't say that given the Jalil, right? Jalil look for thing? Yeah, probably not. Don't go. Don't do it, A-Rod. will not get involved in bar fights. Yeah, that's not a good idea. But just saying, the chaos is good. I embrace so, chaos. I yeah, love man, it. man. That chaos. Um, we wanted to talk about some uh, some uniforms, right? On a, on a slightly less uh, money note. Yeah. Padres did some did some uniforms. I don't know why they're just not going back to the brown all the time. I'm a fan. I like the brown. Go brown go brown all the time, man. We like Tim Brown. Mm-hmm. We
1: like. Both the writer and the wide receiver.
0: No, not just the writer. Okay. Um, I wasn't say like the Cleveland Browns, but we don't really. So. Jim Brown. Yeah, yeah. Um. I maybe just maybe just Tim Brown and brown uniforms. I don't know. This this is my question for you. Who should bring back? Who has a throwback out there they should bring back? Because I've seen some good ones recently. The Mariners. I love the ones that they busted out. The kind of the.
1: Oh, I like those two. Yeah. They're not
0: even. I guess they're not even technically a throwback because they're. They're kind of a combination of current and old, but I love those. Um, and, you know, we see people doing a variety of throwbacks. I like the ones that the White Sox wear on Sundays. Me too. Um, so which which uniforms out there would you like to see come back?
1: Uh, I mean, I'm a big fan of the, the Astro throwbacks, the ones with, like, all the orange and yellow in there and the big star.
0: Tequila sunrise ones? That's yeah, I don't yet.
1: know why. I've just always yeah. kind of liked those.
0: Those are good uh, ones.
1: And so that that would probably be my first choice. I mean, I, I can probably think of some others. Do you have anything that that comes to mind?
0: You know, I like those. Um, I, I like the other the other Mariners ones with the weird M. You know, the one right. I'm talking about. I don't know I which do. year. Those are like what seven, like late '70s or the '80s. I like those. Um, I'm generally a fan of powder blue things, so I'd love to see the powder blue Blue, blue Jays. Okay, you remember those ones? Um, I think those are probably mid-80s, right? Or I don't know. Maybe a little bit later. Okay. I feel like that's a – maybe not when they won the World Series, maybe before that. I don't know. I feel like I've seen some recognizable people wearing those. The Brewers um, have some nice powder blues. Do they? Okay.
1: I don't know if you've seen those. I mean, I'm a fan of their – throwbacks with the the baseball
0: mitt logo with the oh MSB. yeah yeah no i like that i like that logo yeah um the twins also have a nice powder blue mm-hmm. i'm not sure if you're familiar with those i like those ones um i think there's a lot man i think i feel like there's a lot of we could go back to at this point that people could get down with i mean i'm, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of the throwbacks so yeah honestly, I, mean, I,
1: I wish teams wouldn't like, I wish they would just commit to them more often, because it seems like they just bring them back for a season, but it's only, like, every Sunday home game, and yeah. so you get, yeah. like, eight opportunities to see them in the uniform.
0: But I guess that gets you to come out to the game more, right? Like, oh, we got to go, we got to go to the Sunday for... I,
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, okay, so I was thinking about this Padres thing, because, like, so many people are going to run out and probably buy some of the new brown and yellow merchandise, right? Yeah. So like does it I mean does it benefit them to just keep saying this is a one year thing so that more people will buy it because you know it's limited time or yeah, just bring
0: back a different one every year,
1: you know. Right. But then the I guess their CEO was saying they might consider it as a full time thing after this year. So like I basically it's just a big merchandising opportunity in my mind and I guess I don't know if it matters either way if they if they were to just make them permanent, you'd probably see a huge boost in Merchandise sales, but also the fact that they're limited edition or whatever you want to call them.
0: I just That's don't feel like also. the I don't feel like the Padres have much of an identity in terms of their their logos and their colors and right. whatnot right now. Anyway, and to me the most the one I, I see the most is brown and bring them back, man. Do it. Let's let's make it happen. Don't none of this uh, none of this half measure stuff. Full measure.
1: Yeah. It's, no, it's true. I mean, just just trying to describe the Padres uniforms to somebody. I even if you knew exactly what the scheme was and what they look like, it would still sound really boring. Yeah. So I'm not. I'm not sure what you do. Just bring back the brown and the yellow and celebrate the past.
0: Make it happen, glory, man. The Make Padres. it happen. I I think uh, I think Matt Kemp will look great in them if if we decide to keep Matt Kemp around.
1: Agreed. If you don't Let's trade
0: him. him. So let's uh, talk to Bad News Ramen, see what's what's on his mind this week for the Three Strikes, and we'll come back with some important questions. This is the Stew Pod. Mm. Mm. We're back on the Stew Pod. and It's time for another installment of Three Strikes with my
3: man, my mellow, Bad News Ramen. What's happening? What's up, Dean? Uh, you have me flashbacks of The Roots' of Mellow My Man. Very good song. It's probably like the only three good songs that The Roots ever put out. Hey. I know that's blasphemy. I know people Come love Come on, but... man. They're they're overrated. <laughs>
0: Jeez, we have to save this for another day.
3: Hey, I have a question for you. So, when you guys interviewed Dave Stewart, did, did your phone start burning up? Because I because I knew that guy was talking to you, and he just gave you that glare like while he, while you're interviewing him. Did your phone like actually like literally break in half? Sure. Was there ever a scarier guy on the mound when when he looked at you like that than Dave Stewart? I, I, it's like it's like Dave. Like I said, you're the bomb, dude. I, I wasn't talking about your mom, Dave. I said you were the bomb. you were yeah, the bomb.
0: I agree. Like, like I feel like as a GM, all he needs to do is like look at somebody like. And you got a when deal. When
3: we when, when, are we, when are we gonna have that contract section? Well, Dave, I mean, and then he just gives him that stare, <laughs> and and the music the music starts going in the background, dun dun dun, and then it's like, all right, you're the man, dude. Whatever you want, whatever you want. Uh, I'm I'm, I'm that, that's complete
0: good, agreement with you there.
3: That that's a good pull because a lot of people don't remember how dominant that guy was, man. That was a uh, what four or five years of a uh, 21 21 game 20 win game seasons and that will jump into uh what i want to talk about for our three strike segment that i do so well so should i say um, strike one strike one you, yeah strike one yeah strike and then you're one. supposed to, you're supposed to go strike one. Oh, hey and then I, then i go i go okay here comes strike one check it check it and i go uh uh all right so uh i, I like how uh you can be like a a sub three uh, ERA pitcher and make $110 million like Jordan Zimmerman does. Uh, it's funny. I'm, I'm looking at all the, I was, I was looking, I was like, Jordan Zimmerman got $110 million for basically having a rubber arm and sucking left and right. Do you know who has like Jeez, $107 man. million? Dollars? Well, it's true. I mean, do you want, I mean, do you want to spend a hundred, does a hundred million dollars, does that buy you a middle of the road pitcher? Like, jordan zimmerman you know who makes 107 million or 105 million is homer bailey so i mean i, I think
0: yeah
3: i, I I'd rather have, have jordan you know, zimmerman than homer bailey if, if if i didn't if i didn't know yeah and you got to pay you know three what three million more for that guy if i would have known way back when i mean because listen i suck at baseball right i mean i i can't throw to save my life I, I had visions of of one time being like louis Tiant and doing like the crazy wind up and looking up in the sky and flipping my my body around to do like a some like 65 mile per hour fastball. If I knew that it wouldn't take a lot of talent to make the major leagues, I would have kept on trying to pitch and at least make, I, you know, I'll make $40 million, right? I could have like a, a a 10.8 ERA and make $40 million. I can do that. So uh, Jordan Zimmerman uh, just won the lottery. Uh, he can suck for the rest of his life. Like he's sucked, uh, you know, beforehand and he can, he can have a good time. And to follow that, this is like kind of like the wind up, Right before so
0: the so let's recap here. The roots suck. Jordan Zimmerman sucks. What, yeah. what do you got
3: next? Well, th- this is still strike one, but I-, I think some of your readers suck because <laughs> uh, when David Price got paid two hundred seventeen million dollars, which I think that's overpriced a little bit. I mean, I think Clay. And, I mean, Clayton Kershaw is a standard, right? I and mean, that guy can't even smell Clayton Kershaw right now. But he gets two hundred seventeen million dollars, and every single of one of your commenters, they go, they 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 do the stupid same type of. Uh, kind of comments about, you know, so you mean to tell me that, you know, we have our, you know, we have teachers that don't get paid anything and a guy that can throw a ball from point A to point B gets paid $200 million. It's like, well, uh, are you paying for the education? Because the education is free, right? I mean, if if you want to, if you want to pay your teacher, you know, give your teacher 10 grand, right? Every, every person, uh, every parent that's in that classroom give your teacher 10 grand a year plus on top of their salary Are you gonna do that No, you're not gonna do that. So shut up. All right. I mean, I don't want to hear it So the guy made his money let him make his money just shut up if, if if he does if he does bad if he does good then you can say hey, he's not he's not worth two hundred seventy million dollars This is the guy's overpriced show me, you know Your baseball analytics of why this guy's not priced at you know, why he's overpriced at two hundred seventy million dollars But don't do the whole kind of like, you know, we have a big problem in our country if a pitcher that can do this, do that, you know, gets paid $217 million. The guy's making his money. Don't be a hater. It's,
0: it's lazy. It's, it's, a lazy yeah.
3: it's a lazy thought process. Don't be like my boy Mike Oz and be a hater, right? Oh. Haters, haters going to hate. <laughs> I will say
0: right. <laughs> th- th- we have to accept that everybody in baseball is overpaid. I mean, everybody makes way too much money. So uh, yeah, just and, just, you know, just understand that and, and don't worry about, oh, these guys make too much money. Yes, they make too much money. That's just how it works.
3: And and the whole thing is if, if you don't, and my favorite one too is like, I'm never going to go to a baseball game again. Yeah, you know, I'm not going to go to a baseball game either because I can't afford it, right? I mean, I don't want to go to a baseball game because I'm spending $15 for bleachers. That has nothing to do with what what the guy's getting paid. It's just the way it is. It's like when I want to spend five $600 for, for a baseball game, I'll do that. And and it will be a great day when I do that. That's just the way the things are. Stop your crying. It's the way the world works. Get on with it. Okay, so uh, strike you. two. Uh, is I am I am really happy right now. I mean, I am excited. Can you tell my voice? I mean, you see how my voice has changed. How excited I am. You <laughs> You got very happy. E- even though, even though you're a hater, as, as we established, Greg, tell me that I only have to have ten minutes for this for this segment. Even <laughs> though it's the best part of the whole flipping show. We'll be sorry, <laughs> sorry, Dave. Dave, I'm not talking about you. Um, Death stare. But I, I, yeah, I am glad. I am really glad that Barry Bonds' son has a job in Major League Baseball again. Uh, Bonds saying that you know. Going to go to Miami as the hitting coach. Um, I know. I think he held out a little bit because he needed to make sure that he had his leather sofa or his leather couch in, in the clubhouse. <laughs> well, still not official uh, yet. I mean, but well, yeah, it looks like it's gonna, yet, gonna but happen. But this is what they're working out, and then also yeah. too, he's gonna have to put his son on the payroll because when they start uh, saying, "Hey, uh, Barry Bonds, uh, you're not that good of a hitting coach," he can will his son out like that one time. Remember when they were doing all the storage allegations and he pimped his son out to the media and goes, "Look what you look how you're making my son look," and his son looked like you know, like his like his pet. <laughs> rabbit just got ran over and uh, somebody cooked him up and 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 they're eating in front of him the uh, son's older now though
0: so we'll see how we'll see how it
3: goes but on. that's what i'm saying i mean the, the whole thing i think this kid i mean he he looks so pathetic when when uh when his dad was pimping him i don't know if his dad was i don't know if he was upset because his dad was pimping him out to the media to deflect the criticism off of barry bonds and put it on the son instead i don't know if he was sad about that or i don't know if he was genuinely sad that um his dad was being kind of pinched for steroids. I think this, I think, I don't even know what the kid's name, but I think he, he has a career like, you know, say like, um, say like, you know, you're, you're on a date or something like that. And this is going to be like, you know, you want to hit a home run with this girl. And she's, and she says, no, you can will, you can hire this, hire his son to come out like, well, look how you're making my best friend feel. You know, it's like I told him that this would be the night and look at the face that you're making, look at the face he's making. He's really sad. He's like, so can you change your mind on that as, as bad as, uh, as scared as, dave stewart makes you feel when he gives you that desk there uh barry bond's son uh makes you feel that much bad i mean I, you know it, whenever anything bad happens they just put the sun out right i mean and <laughs> something bad happens in your life just how you, you should have a picture of, of, of barry bond's son when he looked during that interview and go like you know what? my life isn't that bad i mean look at this poor little sap over here i mean his world is devastated i don't know because he realizes that he's a prostitute for his dad uh but he's not a happy guy right now my life is a lot better so uh, if Barry Bonds gets that, gets that job, uh, his son will have a job as well. And maybe, maybe just once I can see Barry Bonds' son smile for a change. So you are, I'm, you are I'm, on I'm, fire I'm keeping my today, fingers crossed. Man. Well, you know, Barry Bonds, Barry Bonds once broke my, uh, he once broke my, um, my remote control. Cause I, I was so angry that, you know, I think like one of my players for fantasy baseball, I, I was probably playing you and I was probably kicking your, you know, kicking you to you know where uh during our fantasy baseball matchup and i want to see my player like hit like the two home runs that he hit and what espn did was they had the whole show about barry bonds right like because he was he was beating babe ruth's um home run record and stuff so they had like the first part of that show of just about him hitting and they showed like 55 angles about how he hit that home run then they had 25 commentators come on i think uh, Stephen a smith yelled terrible in there somewhere um and then they probably and then so they had about five or 10 minutes of just actual like game coverage. And then um, I was waiting because baseball tonight was coming. And so they were doing the last 10 minutes of center on Barry Bonds. Baseball tonight comes on and they start talking about Barry Bonds again. It was like a full hour of Barry Bonds. So I took my remote and I threw it at my TV and it broke. <laughs> and my wife was like, why, why is this remote control broken? I'm like, Look at look at Barry Bonds' son right now. I mean, look, it, look, the way this guy, Bonds, look at the man. way this guy looks. Look look how sad Barry Bonds' son looks right now because their remote control is broken. That's the way I feel. So, <laughs> um, yeah. So don't don't get don't I, you know see and see. Here's the thing. Like people always go like, oh Barry Bonds sucks because you know I don't do that, dude. You know what I mean? Like Barry Bonds is who he is. I know from I knew from the beginning that Barry Bonds is is a good for nothing guy. Yeah, you know he could hit a baseball, and it's a sad state of affairs when a guy gets. I, I don't want to hear that garbage, dude. I don't like Barry Bonds. I can say that, but you know, I find other reasons why I hate Barry Bonds. The reason why I hate Barry Bonds the most is because he prostituted his son out for the media because he wasn't man enough to uh, to to say like, "Hey, I might have done something wrong," but instead, let me pimp out my my little kid and let him take all the heat. So, Let's keep
0: in mind that you think I'm the hater here, but listen to this segment, and I'm the hater.
3: Uh, no, I'm not a hater. I'm I'm just saying, don't pimp your son out. You know, if you <laughs> pimp your son out, then I'd have a problem too. I, I would I would come. You know what I'd do if you pimp your son out? I'd come over, and what do you think I'd do? I would knock your ass out. <laughs> so that's the, that's the way things are. Don't pimp out your kid. And that's what I have a problem with. So, um, strike three, strike, strike three. This is my hanging curveball for, uh, for all the non haters out there. So I'm talking about ESPN. I'm talking about Babe Ruth over a uh, Thanksgiving weekend. Uh, major, the major league baseball network, um, had, uh, kind of Ken Burns, uh, replay of baseball,
0: yeah.
3: which is, you know, which is of course, I mean, I think every, everybody knows what that is, but, I started looking at Babe Ruth on Wikipedia and uh, I was kind of like looking at his legacy and stuff because they're talking about the all-time greats and everything. So I was looking, I was just kind of refreshing myself. I mean, I, I mean I'm Yan- Yankee fan number one, right? But it was a holiday weekend. I didn't have nothing to do. And so I, I look at it and what I realized was that right before the turn of the century, ESPN came out with like its top like 100 or 200 athletes of the century. You know, Michael Jordan's rated number one over Babe Ruth. And I kind of wanted you to put your take on it. I think Babe Ruth, Right, I would say Babe Ruth is the number one athlete of all time, just because when you say Babe Ruth, uh, you remember who this guy is. Michael Jordan's been out of basketball for what, 10, maybe 10 or 12 or 15 years, and when you say the word Michael Jordan, I don't know if it has the same reverence as as Babe Ruth does. I mean, what what do you think on that? Do you think Michael Jordan, and here's my hanging curveball, is Michael Jordan a bigger sports figure than Babe Ruth?
0: So, I think of it from a from a standpoint of like the modern, the modern marketing and whatnot though. And I feel like it has to be Jordan. I mean, cause Jordan is Jordan is all these things. I mean, he's not just a, a basketball player, you know, he's not just a guy who could dunk and, and, you know, win championships and, and whatnot. I mean, Jordan, Jordan, I think showed us how to build, how to build an empire. And I think that obviously you can't compare those two because, you know, Babe Ruth may have done the same thing if he existed in the same era, but, to me, that's why Jordan is the guy who, who sort of exemplifies
3: being a sports just like megastar. And here's here's an argument I have for that. I mean, and and I'm you know I come from I mean here again like a, like the same way I didn't like Ken Griffey Jr. I wasn't a huge Michael Jordan fan. Um, I think Michael Jordan was the best basketball player I've ever seen. But if I had to pick between like who would I start my base my basketball team with, it'd be Magic Johnson because I thought Magic Johnson was a better basketball player. Um, the thing is, though, I mean, when I think with baseball, when you talk about the All Time Race with baseball, baseball's so embroiled with numbers and and it, it's definitive of what that guy did and how he played, and you can have all these statistics, you know, alive to that one person. I just feel like when you when you does I mean, when I say Babe Ruth, I mean, you have, I mean, there's images that you have of Babe Ruth, right? Like does, does Babe Ruth, when I say Babe Ruth and when I say Michael Jordan, does it have the same weight? Is it, is it Michael Jordan? Because Michael Jordan is a, makes more money and, and is a bigger marketing machine and, and he used to make good shoes. Now he makes crappy shoes. Um, or is it a case of, because when I see Babe Ruth, I th- think of just a baseball, like he is baseball. I mean, I don't even know if you can say like Michael Jordan, you know. Yeah, you know, he's the best player ever. At yeah, I mean, I think they're I think they're completely much?
0: different in the sense that you know Michael Michael Jordan is a modern empire and Babe Ruth is a you know historic entity. So you know, I guess if we're gonna look at if we're gonna take it like this, like Babe Ruth is you know inventing the telephone and Michael Jordan is you know the when they invented the iPhone. You know, it's like it's like that kind of thing. So, I mean, which one is more important? Well, I mean, you could say, like, you can't have one without the other. Or, you know, you can make that argument in, in the phone analogy. So I just think it's hard to compare them to say, like, this one is more important than that one. But I do think that if you were to ask, you know, like like Family Feud style, right? Who's the most famous athlete of all time? Like, uh, I kind this, of feel like Michael Jordan the, would be the
3: number one answer on the board. Is this the Richard Dodson Family Feud? <laughs> whatever.
0: <the, whichever, laughs>
3: Whichever, it yeah. might have to be the Steve Harvey one. Yeah, yeah. If it's Steve Harvey, yeah, I'd rather have Richard Dawson. I mean, that guy got <laughs> that guy got more kisses on on a show than I mean, God, it, it's it's nasty. If you watching Richard Dawson tugging some tugging a bunch of family members on on live TV, it was it was crazy. Um, I, I derailed you, but I think that's a good topic but, to throw. But to the what? But, but what? Yeah, but what about you? I mean, you know, if I had to put you on the spot, would you pick Michael Jordan? Yeah, or I'd pick Michael I pick
0: Michael
3: Jordan. Already did. I already did okay. twice. <laughs> sorry, sorry, bro. Uh, <laughs> I already told pick, you two different uh, reasons why. Well, I, I pick Babe, I pick, I pick Babe Ruth hands down. Um, just because I think in terms of, just in terms of how, what he meant to the world, and I, I think, uh, just he was like the first like sports iconic sports figure, in you know that everybody knew internationally. Um, I think it's Babe Ruth, and I, you know, there's a lot more movies about Babe Ruth and and the uh, legend of Babe Ruth than there are about uh, you know, Michael Jordan's on the Sandlot. I'll t- I'll tell you that. So, uh, but, we'll, but we'll go with that. We, mean, we, we, we can be fifty up years to from now. Else. Who's to say? Well, I mean, uh, well, yeah. Fifty years from now, you have to watch uh, like Mike. So, I- I'd rather <laughs> Space watch the Dam, man. instead of like, instead I like Space Mike. <laughs> I-, I know you're a big uh, what was that? Little Bow Wow. I know you're a big Little Bow Wow fan. Not a, that, that little uh... little Bow Wow fan. <laughs> and, and you're that, talking that little, nonsense. Uh, that that little uh, that little, uh, that little uh, geek from uh, Jerry Maguire was in that movie too. So yeah, you know, I, I, know, I know you like I know you you're like those insane. type of movies. So
0: you're insane. I like the roots, and you don't. So I think we we understand who's who's on the right side of history here.
3: You know, you wanna know something? You're you're a you're a Babe Ruth hater, dude. You're a hater. All right, dude. That was over ten minutes, but you know what? It was it was well worth it. And, well, uh,
0: I think I think what we should do though, when we when we blast this out on on the internet, we will ask uh, yeah. Babe Ruth or Michael Jordan. Who is the biggest sports star? And, we'll and, then,
3: and, the, and the whole thing is, and then what you do is you uh, you say, and then right underneath you say, if you say Michael Jordan, uh, this guy is going to uh, scare the crap out of you. And then you show show a picture of uh, of Dave Stewart, and I, and I think we'll get the right answer.
0: <laughs> I like the circle you tied on that one. Thank you, ben yeah, like Drama, it. for coming no by. We'll be right back with Thanks, more sir. Stew Pod. I, I, you heard me? Yo, we are back on the Stew Pod. Thanks to Bad News Robin for joining us. Once again, our good friend. Um, so we reached the, the end of the show, the part where we talk about things that are very important to us. Chris, as, as you know, as we talked about, I went to uh, the Disneyland last week with the family. Um, and it was exhausting. It was uh, very crowded. It was probably not the greatest experience, but, you know, it's... It's a little bit of vacation. The kids had fun, so whatever. Here's my question for you. If you could go to Disneyland with any baseball player, mm-hmm. who would it be? It's a good question. And it's just you and them all day. you got to do everything together. Okay. Uh, let's see. We've seen baseball players go to Disneyland. I've seen people. like They'll post their pictures on Splash Mountain and stuff.
1: Right. Uh, how about... I don't know if this is fair because i we we recently saw pictures of him at Disneyland, but Hunter Pence
0: oh he was you're you're incorrect there he was at, well he was
1: he was at Harry Potter World, which
0: is an entirely different thing,
1: yeah, but that's like I'm assuming that i actually, I'm pretty sure they went to Disney World while they were there too, He and his girlfriend I think okay, so take that All right. uh, but you know i want I wanted to say Bryce Harper at first, but then yeah. I don't know if I could do a whole day with Bryce Harper.
0: Nope. Hunter Pence. And Bryce is he get noticed notable? too much.
1: Sean Doolittle. Yeah. I'm just really I'm just thinking of baseball players on Twitter I enjoy.
0: Yeah.
1: And I feel like I could probably spend a day with both of those guys think, and not get sick of them and have a good time. I think and you if also we, want somebody
0: who's not going to be too noticed.
1: Well, okay, so that's that's part of the problem though with Pence in my mind, is like I don't know how he doesn't get noticed because he's one of the most unique looking Baseball players.
0: Yeah, but I mean, I guess you're looking for people who are kind of transcend baseball and are, you know, famous in that way. I, I don't know. I think he can probably go out in public and not get swarmed by people everywhere he steps.
1: That's,
0: yeah. So I think, I think those he, are my two answers, man. I think he's good. Um, I like Sean Doolittle. I think Sean Doolittle would be a lot of fun to hang out with. Um, I, uh, I, I was kind of thinking that um although i get tired of him but but i can i kind of feel like brett lowry would like enjoy it as much as like my four-year-old would like he would just okay. have a good old time man and just smile on his face and you know like hey if we go on splash around again like yeah man let's go you know you'd like have, have a great time and uh that's kind of what disneyland is though you know it's like for me at least like i'm not really i'm not having a uh I'm not wowed by the rides there. It's like more like my kids are having fun. So wow, I think it, what I think happened
1: we, to you? Where did the magic go, man?
0: Dude, I'm not. I'm not giving, like it's the same ride over and over again, in a lot of these I kid rides, you know. Um. So not not definitely not the the thrill of my lifetime. It's more like fun to be there and like see other people experience it. You know. I guess so I feel like he would have fun. Um. Uh, I I guess. Like, I don't know. I, I feel bad saying that's my answer, but it might be my answer. So I'll do little, um, who else would just be really fun to hang out with?
1: I mean, obviously, A-Rod, you know.
0: <laughs> the, the, there's, the the person I want to go everywhere with is not a baseball person. It's a rapper. is ghostface killer. Like, I want to go anywhere with him. Okay. Like, I think that would be fun. I think it would be fun to go to Disneyland with him because he would also, I think, be, like, genuinely happy about things, but then also just – talk nonsense to you like you don't even know what he's talking about just because he's just speaks in code right really right um, I feel like
1: I don't know Prince Fielder might be might be a good choice
0: yeah Prince might be good um he's maybe to himself. Yeah, I think it's I think Justin Verlander maybe right yeah mainly so, so k account that's true Yeah. although did we say no guests Because I mean no guests, I don't know then, you made it seem like it was a one-on-one um, thing so yeah. Okay, how about just Kate Upton then?
1: Oh, David Price. Why have, how have we not mentioned David Price?
0: He has enough money to pay for it too. It's expensive. Andrew
1: McCutcheon, and Marcus cut. Stroman. Now they're all coming to me. These are all the people I want to hang out with. No, oh, Chris Archer. Chris Archer would be great, yeah. 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 How
0: about all the that whole crew? All
1: right. I think we did it, man. We yeah. we named like nine people now. You,
0: you knocked it out at the end. We, we were kind of struggling there for a minute, but I think I think I would go uh, I think I'd go Marcus Stroman out of that mix.
1: Yeah, Marcus Stroman seems pretty awesome.
0: I, I feel like David Price you know, would get recognized. But I feel like Maybe. Marcus Stroman would have a lot of fun.
1: True. And he'd tweet about it a lot. He would. Yeah. And I think Marcus Stroman and I are the same height, so we could go on all the same rides. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so uh, we're getting ready to go to winter meetings. We're going to be out there uh, in Nashville for uh, starting Saturday, I think and uh so follow us on on twitter i guess as as plugs we'll be doing more podcasts from there we'll be doing all that kind of stuff but um i'm curious chris like what 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 are some of the things you're looking forward to and and i guess from a baseball and non-baseball perspective Um, this
1: is your first time man it is my first time yeah i don't know i'm i'm just looking forward to seeing what it's all about i guess i don't have a ton of expectations necessary? like i don't know i don't know if i'm just gonna be walking down a hallway and i'm gonna see tony LaRusa talking to jim leland or something crazy like that or if that's not even how it happens yeah, at probably, all
0: you're probably not gonna see that
1: or you know if uh i don't know if i'll be in that scrum with the scott boris people you can, you can do that and you can try time. to survive it <laughs> you're, you're not gonna do that it sounds like um so yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm just looking forward to seeing how the whole thing goes, and I don't know, maybe hanging out in the spa with like Hawk Harrelson for a couple hours one day and just getting his stories.
0: That sounds like fun.
1: So I don't know if that if that last one counts as baseball or non-baseball, but I'm looking forward to it.
0: All right. Well, follow us uh, while we're there at Big League Stew on Twitter at our, our individual accounts at Mike Oz and was your Chris underscore Swick right? it is alright so do that watch for more podcasts we're gonna have a few of them next week and um, stay tuned to Big Week 2 for all the baseball news and uh, what's the other thing we say at the end of the show Chris tell the people
1: they should rate and review us on rate iTunes
0: and a review
1: feel free to give us a good 18 uh, stars review 18th. and leave us some comments we we have a couple already so yeah you guys are definitely listening and that's cool
0: the more the merrier yes We'll see you guys next week from Nashville. This has been the
1: Stewvide. Bye, everybody.